it's a tree version of a dandelion. You know how like the dandelions have those little white things on them and you blow and it goes everywhere? Mm-hmm. It's like that, but in tree form. And so, oh, interesting. yeah, so Friday. It's a cottonwood tree? Yeah, that sounds right. A cottonwood tree. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. And all day Friday, these little pieces of whatever were flying through the bay door uh, at work. And we had like little tumbleweeds of this plant all throughout. And there's still some of it in uh, like in the back today. Right. And it was like uh, the bay door got opened and it kind of flew up off the ground. And I was it was like getting in my mouth. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh. I was like, I already haven't. My allergies That's have terrible. been. I, I don't know if it actually. Com- it doesn't sound like it's been coming through on the recording, but uh, I am definitely a little more stuffy than usual. So That's how I was last week. I blew my nose before we started and going well so far, but I've been sniffly today myself. Good. Yeah, I've had to use some of that like sinus medicine that helps keep your sinuses clear. Mm-hmm. But other than that. What you mean? What about you? Look at that. My sister's finally calling me back. It's been oh. a good week. <laughs> Busy with work. Yeah, good yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Getting back into working out and everything, been sticking to the carnivore diet pretty well. It's so I'm not doing the carnivore diet for long term. It's more so uh, I'm gonna do it in the short term as an elimination diet. I'm, elim- I'm elim- eliminating everything on my diet except for meat, right? And then I'm gonna slowly add things back into my diet and see uh, what feels good to my body and what doesn't. I'll yep. mainly, for the most part, probably will always primarily just eat meat. Uh, but yeah, my whole thing is, is you know, if it helps lower my blood pressure, it helps my body, helps me feel good and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I don't see the the, harm. the problems. You know, if my cholesterol is a little, it's a little bit high, to me, that's worth the the benefits yeah. I'm also receiving. Yeah. As long as I feel good, right? It's I'm not gonna, I mean, I'll, I'll say it's probably different. eat white rice and sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and throw in some other vegetables here and there and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm taking, uh, other supplements and stuff as well. So, Oh, I, uh, I, speaking of food, I bought my mom a Ninja foodie for mother's day. Yeah. Uh, And they're kind of amazing. It does like everything. So it's a crock pot. It's like a pressure cooker. So the, what's the, the, it's like the fast version of the crock pot. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about, like the... Uh, yeah, what is that oh, thing man. called? Instapot. Instapot. So it's a crockpot, it. an Instapot, an air fryer. It can dehydrate. It can... It has like three or four other functions on top of that. So like I made mm-hmm. wings in it, and they were pretty good in the, you know, just the air fryer. It takes like half yeah. an hour. Um, but have you, you made don't fries have to, in the air fryer? Yeah, I, I've done that twice. good? Yeah. Yeah, they're really yeah, good, dude. No grease, nothing. Mm-hmm. nothing. Homemade fries, or you just buy the frozen at the store buy, and just buy, pop them in there? Yeah, you just buy like, uh, so we'll get like the more organic y style ones generally. But gotcha. I really like um, steak fries. So sometimes I'll get those too and, dude, uh, like and throw them in there. Steak those fries. steak fries will take a little bit longer because they're a lot thicker uh, than some yeah. of the other ones I've done. But you do that, right? And then you take the fries out and you use the crock pot part and you put then mm-hmm. some of the fries back in and then you put cheese and bacon on top of it and then you air fry it for like another minute and it's like perfectly melted mm-hmm. it gets like the bacon bits a little bit cooked uh, it, it's great dude i got it on my mind yesterday because i got sour cream at the store for kayla she likes to dip her lays in sour cream right pretty good 
Yeah, uh, she got me into that too. French fries. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. French fries is yep. great that way. French fries is good. You got me into yeah. that. But the main thing that you got me into, the reason why you were on my mind yesterday is because I've been eating the carnivore diet, right? So right. I've been making a lot of steak. Yeah. And I'm like, I just remembered I could dip my steak in sour cream. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I think you did that when we were roommates, didn't you? So it was more mashed potatoes. So I have this thing with like, uh, usually it's like red meat. But mm -hmm. I and I've, I used to do it a lot with my fried chicken, too. But fried yeah. fried chicken and generally any kind of red meat. I like the mashed potatoes because you get sort of like a mixture of this like gravy made out of whatever you've sauteed or like the steak in. Right. Or whatever you've marinated mm -hmm. the steak in the butter from the, the the mashed potatoes and then like sour cream and all that just sort of mixes all together. I've never been one of those people that has to have all of my stuff separated into little uh, portions or whatever. I'm very much a mix things on my plate kind of person. Yeah, uh, I, feel I like all the flavors mixed together generally. Unless well, it's, it's I like, promise. Go ahead. There's like certain things that it doesn't really work, but generally with savory yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I know how you like mixing peas with your spaghetti, and apparently there are other <laughs> people who like. That I know, too. dude. Nasty, but <laughs> dude, I uh, I remember I, I probably had been working at the job that I'm at now for like six months or whatever, and I guess it was the first time that anyone had noticed that I did that. And I brought it in one day, and it's like I put peas on my spaghetti. It's just like something I've always done. It's like right. we just grew up doing that. I don't always do it, but sometimes we do it. And it's right. the only way I really eat peas. I don't eat peas if it's not that way. I generally don't like peas. Um, yeah. But for some reason, it's just kind of one of those things that you grow up doing and you never stop. So, like, I'm at work, and I made my, my lunch, and I, like, microwaved the spaghetti or whatever, and I'm sitting there. And it had to be, like, everyone in there. And I went... Why are y'all so obsessed with what I'm eating? <laughs> I was like, why do you care? <laughs> it's just like when I dip my it's pizza like, in ketchup, like oh, everybody's dude. looking. Oh my at me god. Like Everyone still <laughs> thinks you're insane for doing that stuff though. I'll I'll bring that up. I'll be like, yeah, I had a, a roommate, he really likes uh ketchup on his pizza or whatever. And everyone's like, Oh my god, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I find someone else who likes ketchup on the pizza, I'm like, family. <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all are worse than, I mean, I, I don't really mind this, but like in that like pineapple on your pizza debate or whatever, it's like you guys are uh, like below that because there's even uh, less of you. <laughs> no way. Pineapple's horrible on pizza. What are you talking about? You know what? I one of my too. I don't like ham on pizza yeah, either. I no, I don't really care for ham on pizza, but pineapple is amazing in fried rice. Fried rice? Yeah, huh. there's a place here. I could see that, the sweetness from it. Yeah, there's a Thai place here that does pineapple fried rice. And you get chicken in it or like whatever meat that you want. Mm -hmm. I, I guess it's a food podcast now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's amazing. It's so good. It's like uh, it's it's got some sort of curry seasoning in it and uh, like rice and chicken and pineapple and cashews, I think, and a few other things. It's amazing. I've literally eaten there multiple times in a week before because their food's well, so good. Two things. So the first thing, the reason I brought that up was because I thought you showed me the sour cream and steak and it's delicious. I enjoy it and it fits what I'm doing right now too. Right. The second thing right. is I saw a Instagram reel, TikTok video. I don't know, whatever. I saw it on Instagram though of uh, this uh, lady who had made a steak onion, if that makes sense. Like, made a uh that's what she called it is like you want to have a uh, you want to make an onion a steak like cook it like a steak or whatnot and she did it and i'm like i should redo this and have me doing all the steps and then when i make it chunk it in the trash and <laughs> <laughs> like that is terrible it's a terrible idea 
Yeah. It's like just, oh, you know, just eat a steak. Like stop trying exactly. to Exactly. Well, welcome to episode eleven of the Underground, everyone. Hopefully you've stuck with us through our little food <laughs> conversation. Oh man. <laughs> I think they have. It's a great conversation to have. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. don't diss me on the pizza either. Don't uh, knock it till no, you try you can, it. You can totally diss him on it. He puts ketchup, Ranch. Dude, dude. Joseph used on to go. Pizza? You used to go. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's a little better than ketchup and pizza, but it's still like the only reason you do that is because it's bad pizza. For uh-huh. and for most people, the only reason you do it is because it's bad pizza. I know people who like ranch on their ketchup, no matter what pizza. Or ranch on their pizza. <laughs> <laughs> ranch on their ketchup. Ranch on their pizza, no matter what. Uh, they're crazy because they're. It, 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 I don't like, like sauces. Like you know, I I like. Sm- mostly agree with this but it's the same way when people are like you don't put a one on good steak but uh, hmm. i uh, like i disagree oh we'll see this thing is like i actually like the taste of a one and if you i mix it's another thing i like i mix it with soy sauce sometimes and it makes like a, a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good seasoning or whatever so it that's just snobs man oh i know people are steak snobs yeah. but i i sometimes agree because snobs, sometimes dude. if you marinate a steak correctly it tastes mm-hmm. really good Anyway, um, (laughs) anyway, speaking of the point is first off first with the ranch discussion, I don't like any store bought ranch, only like fresh ranch. I can't, I I cannot eat eat any store bought ranch. ranch. You're right. Whether it's in the cold section or on the, you know, regular pantry, whatever shelf. I don't know what restaurants do to their ranch to make it better. Uh, if you know, please write in and give me your recipe because I legitimately don't know what they do to ranch to make it so much better. Ranch recipe. Huh? Do it after the show. I'll give you my homemade ranch okay. recipe. I make my ranch homemade. Okay. I can't. I can't no, eat it any other way. And I only sucks. like ranch on my uh, wings with my wings. Sometimes yeah. or with my salad too. When I was eating salad, and then sometimes with pizza. But I'll do it with French fries. Anyway. Sometimes there's a place. There's a place here that has spicy ranch, and so I'll get spicy mm. ranch and I'll get their French fries and dip it in the spicy ranch. Really good. Man, make my mouth water. Speaking of making my mouth water. Uh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Dude, my mouth was watering because I was like, I want that body too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in incredible shape. I'm trying to get rid of this double chin over here and this other fat on my body. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, he's in impeccable shape. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, when you have the trainers to do that. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's like what I'm doing now, but I'm meeting with my trainer once a week. You know, he's getting like an everyday perfect diet like i think that's one thing that people don't really understand about and this gets brought up occasionally but it's one thing people don't really understand about the way that hollywood works is that they don't always have those bodies right they they work that hard for the one scene where they look perfect and then everything else after that it doesn't really matter because you have a shirt on right so you get all of that out of the way it's like marvel's famous for that one scene with all their male actors where the shirt is not on it's pretty yeah, much an. It's every hard movie. to. It's hard to maintain that type of a uh, body fat percentage to where you look that rip and everything along with your muscle and everything like that. Even it's just, it's a difference of looking at a UFC fighter in camp versus out of camp. When they're out of camp, mm-hmm. you know they're still in shape. Don't get me wrong, but then when they're in camp, that's an entirely another level. You yeah. know when you see them in the scale or or ready for the fight. Well, but, they've they've probably yeah. haven't eaten for at least a day. Or very yeah. little because you they generally don't want you to because you like the minute you start eating you bloat up a little bit. Yep, it's just natural. It's how the body works. Mm-hmm. 
So and so and then plus you know in Hollywood too you know they're taking HGH. Oh yeah, they're doing all the yeah. EPO, yeah. all that. You know, mm. there's a little bit more to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. But, well, we're talking about um, without remorse. Yeah. Uh, the new Michael B. Jordan flick. Uh, he's the only notable character. Oh no, who's the guy, who's the guy that plays the CIA agent in that? He's been in a lot of stuff. He's like in Crap. Billy Elliot. His name. I, I saw a thing, an, yeah. article, an article about him on Twitter today. Um, hang on, I'm gonna look. Crap, now I have to look, look it up. up. Yeah, I am too. What's his daggum name? Without e remorse is what I typed in. Where is yeah, man, this is getting kind of creamed everywhere. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, um, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's uh, the one. He's he was in uh, Billy Elliot, and he's he's kind of been in a, a pretty wide variety uh, range of movies. Uh, Guy Pierce years. too, wouldn't you say? Oh, Guy Pierce is in this too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> he plays like gen like the most generic character I think I've seen in a, one of these movies in a long time. That to be fair, they they all kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are, even Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. Th- I don't. Let me say this. Yeah. I don't think this movie is a judgment on the actors and actresses. I think it's a judgment on the writing. Yeah. I. That's what I was I was telling some people is that it's it's a it's a the writing is not good. Yep. It's very generic. Very generic, very like just high school level. Like there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a lot of uh time or effort put into that, which is also kind of true for the story. Um yep. and then the direction of the movie. So there's two things I personally think <clears throat> go into the uh, well there's technically three things that go into acting the actor of course right uh, mm-hmm. but you can sometimes remove that because there are plenty of people like good actors who have been in awful movies mm-hmm. and um you know you're like oh this just didn't really work for them and this is definitely one of those movies yeah you said good actors that have been in awful movies yep. and it just didn't work for them yeah, like because of the Kevin, character they were trying to portray. Like Kevin Costner, good actor, Waterworld, terrible movie. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's not a judgment on the actor himself or herself. It's a judgment on whether the character is right for them. And exactly. you think that Michael, I mean, you think Michael B. Jordan was obviously a good uh, yeah. cast for the main character. Sure. So uh, well, I here's agree. the thing. It, I had like, <laughs> uh, I, when I sat down to watch this, right? I, I think I think I watched it Friday night, so the night or the day it came out, mm-hmm. and it already Dang. had like a ton of reviews, and then and it had like a two and a half stars, and I was like, on Amazon, and I went, I like before I got, I and here's the thing is, if it's like at three, three and a half, you're like, okay, well maybe maybe it's just divisive or whatever, but when you start getting into the two, two and a half range. I just went, oh man! I was like, I, did now too. I, gotta sit down and I watch wish I this. didn't see that. I know, me too. So, I, you know, I was like, whatever. I was like, I, you know, we're we're gonna talk about it on the podcast, so I need to watch it anyway. Mm-hmm. It, I, honestly, like, <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I, I think the action is good. I think that's the only reason mm-hmm. anyone wanted to see this. Yeah, and it's not. <clears throat> 
it's not long enough to make the kind of stiff dialogue and underwhelming plot yeah. take away from honestly how good the set pieces are like with the action like the scene where he uh so the you know he he has the the all of it the sort of like set pieces is in like when there's action happening uh mm-hmm. i think they're all great really i i you know it's like i agree i would have to go back and watch it again but they are they are pretty standout like um <laughs> i guess it's funny though because like that first scene's in syria and then it just i just went oh man i was like is this i was like i wonder what kind of message this movie is going to send to people yep. <laughs> kind of i think it kind of toes that line uh but i i really liked the scene where he was in the prison oh yeah you know, I did that's, too. well i guess that's in that's the scene where he like takes his shirt off or whatever and he's like putting water all over his body and i was like <laughs> the, i was like this is both awesome because i understand why he's doing that but also hilarious yeah like, dang all right man good for you Dude, when i first saw <laughs> when they were going in syria and it said aleppo my first thought I, was gary johnson <laughs> me too <laughs> i was like I, I was like i wonder if gary johnson's seen this movie yet bro you talking about not being able to look something down i know did you know his uh his running mate was involved with uh shooting with a a policy that got put in place i think in the 80s of shooting down planes suspected of carrying uh cocaine oh i didn't know that i listened to a podcast today that was talking about that um yeah, they they there was a policy that got passed in the United States in the the 80s that allowed them to shoot down suspected planes that could be carrying cocaine. And they actually ended up shooting down a plane that had a family of missionaries on it and killed them all. Sounds about right. Yep. Sounds like the government. <laughs> Hence why I was kind of kind of like uh about this whole thing cuz like one of the main characters who turns out to be a good guy is a CIA agent and I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay." Yep. Right. The most altruistic group of people in the world. Yeah. Like, most trustworthy. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, I uh, I thought it was two and a half, three stars. I didn't think it was, you know, a bad, terrible movie. But it's 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 definitely not one I would have wanted to spend. You know, twenty five bucks to go see. I would have been disappointed if I had to spend like a ton of money on this to go to the Mm -hmm. theater to see it. Yeah, Um, that's kind of how I see it. But you know, watching at home, all that stuff. Yeah, not bad. You know, Um, yeah, especially because they they kind of marketed it as like a John Wick Taken esque story, Mm -hmm. where it's like his wife dies. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm gonna be coughing a lot today. Uh, His wife dies, and and his pregnant wife dies. And it's sort of supposed to be this like revenge take, but it's not really typical for that because he keeps working. Right. He keeps working with like government agencies to do this, and I don't. Yeah. I think people are disappointed. It's two camps of disappointment. One camp is disappointed because it wasn't John Wick, and then there's this like other camp that at the very least says that they're fans of this yeah. book. Who knows if they're telling the truth or not? And they're like, this is nothing like the actual story. He's like, why would you call this without remorse? And I meant to look up the plot summary for the book, but to be honest, I just don't care. Yeah, right. I, don't, I really, I, I, I have no intention of ever reading a uh, Tom Clancy book, like ever. So I don't either. <laughs> I just, I'm not a huge fan. I'm just like uh, movies wise or whatnot. I don't mind watching it. I, and there are some definitely uh, 
plot holes in it. You know, for example, when they're in uh, Russia uh, after that guy blew himself up and they're all in there and, you know, they're under sniper fire and all that stuff. Then all of a sudden all the police come and the SWAT team and everything like that. He's like, I'll hold them all from yeah. the roof and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he does that, fights all of them as he goes through the levels and then throws his C4 down, blows it up. And then, you know, with one of the guys, Russian guys he had killed, gets his suit and walks out and no, no, none of the ambulance people, none of them are coming up to check on him or whatnot. Yeah, this, and mil it's, this uh, military guy just takes a truck and drives away. He goes yeah, like a couple right. blocks and then parks and he, and then he, he happens to be in the same place where his team was. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't, I mean, maybe he would have known that, but like, unless I personally have spent a lot of time in an area, I don't know where I am most of the time. So yeah, and right. I didn't just go again, he's a an elite fight. Navy SEAL guy. So he's probably <laughs> going to know that stuff on that. My, my, my problem wasn't even that it was just right up before that. How, Oh yeah. He just happens to walk out with the suit on during after a C4 explosion right by him. Mm -hmm. And then he walks past all the, paramedics and hospital people and everyone else mm -hmm. and all that stuff it just happens to get into the ambulance and a lot of convenience right yeah so i, I i'm not a big fan of i mean we've talked i've mentioned this but i'm not a big fan of the plot really um i appreciate that they kind of went down the angle of the government likes to start wars mm -hmm. but they didn't go far enough personally it's like yeah. if you're going if you're going to make that the main scenario first of all the cia is going to be involved in that let's just be right. real about that like i thought jamie bell's character from the very beginning was going to be a bad guy i like, thought just straight so I, I thought they weren't even going to really try to hide it it was just like he's kind of supposed to be this gross character who even if he gets away at the end it just kind of shines like a like a, a more realistic light on what yeah. they generally get up to in the world um but they didn't do that and it was like, okay. And then uh, Guy Pierce is just generic evil senator. Yeah. No, Secretary of State. Secretary I thought of State Secretary of Defense. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much the same G thing. Generic and government goon. Yeah, that he ends up being bad. It's funny because Kayla called that at the beginning um, when we were watching it. She's like, he's going to end up being the bad guy. And then the CIA guy is going to end up being the good one. Uh, yeah, and he, he, yeah. he looks slimy. You know what I mean? They don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a, and, and it really comes down to okay, Jamie Bell and Guy Pierce both are trying to use Michael B. Jordan for their own purposes, so mm -hmm. at least one of them has to turn out to be the main bad guy of this story, right? And I guess there's right. room because I mean, it, and we're spoiling stuff. Obviously, I don't think people really care, but you know, it's set up to introduce Rainbow Six. Uh, which is sort of like elite operatives from around the world. Like if you've ever played any of the video games, you've probably got at least some idea of how how that works. Um, which I was kind of like, oh, they're kind of doing Avengers, but in the Tom Clancy universe. They were. <laughs> and then I'm like, is the division going to show up at some point? Like, are we going to get a? I mean, it, you know, I don't know if it's too yeah. hits too close to home because the division was basically if you know the unknown virus of. Uh, specific origins showed up like shows up <laughs> and then they like tap into a bunch of like fed boys to save the world <laughs> right but that being said i was like okay that's kind of interesting i guess uh the only the only other i would say what you were mentioning as far as 
when you brought up Kevin Costner and then Waterworld, uh, you know, the female lead fell out of place, if that makes sense to me. Like her, not like the dialogue for her character seemed. I, the, the actress yeah, is good, right? Yeah. But the dialogue was so terrible. She, she, she looked for, bored. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of the cast looked bored. It, yeah, it, even it, Michael B. Jordan at times looked bored. And when, when they're, when I think she, it's just the script, man. I mean, yeah. like, there's only so much an actor and actress can do, you know, when the script is kind of generic and plain toast. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. they probably elevated it as best as they could. It's just I felt like her dialogue at times, not her herself as an actress, but her dialogue was very awkward and weird. Or Yeah, it's like she's giving him the papers when she figures out who um, who gave those guys, those like Russian guys that kill his wife, um, mm-hmm. like who gave them passports or whatever the plot thing was for that. And she's like, she just kind of is like, yeah, I might lose my job for this or I might end up in jail. And like, it's never brought up again, you know, it's stuff like that. Yeah. And she always just kind of she was very like, like stone cold and everything. And I think I understand that that's what they were going for. But you generally personally, I think you have to give some context behind why she was the way she was. If that's what you were going for, because you're right. I think it, it it comes off as bored or unaffected when you mm-hmm. don't understand. And like the she has that like scar on her cheek or whatever, so you know she's seen some sort of like combat. And I actually I right. think she's in that scene when they're in Aleppo. She is. She's she, there. Okay. Um, so maybe that's how she got the scar. But it's just one of those things that they move through things so quickly. They like they literally introduce those two characters at the beginning. Those two guys that are like oh yeah, he's the badass or whatever. And then he's like, but that's really supposed to be my job. And then the other guy says something quirky, right? And then they basically did that to set them up so they both one of them gets run over and the other one gets shot. Yeah. Later on, that's what they, that's, that's like their whole purpose. And you're like, what? Like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't think, there's not much depth to it, you know? So uh, Yeah, and I wasn't expecting that, but... So here's the question. Is Mortal Kombat a better movie or without remorse? <sighs> Gotta answer me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I, I gotta pick one. I don't know. It doesn't work. Maybe Mortal Kombat. I was gonna go with Mortal Kombat too. So I, I think it's to... probably we knew what we were getting with it. Yeah, like you know, I don't think we were. We had high expectations. Not that we had high expectations with without remorse, but probably expected it to be better than what it was. Yeah, but when you put Tom Clancy's name on a property. You expect a certain level of um, quality. Yep. And I, I don't really think we got that so much. I hope the Lord of the Rings TV show with Amazon turns out to be Bro, good. We'll I don't see. get your hopes up. My hopes aren't high, dude. It, it was funny. It's not, those expectations are low, like gutter level low. Yeah. And that's that's kind of been the thing, man, is if you really, if you look at all of the streaming content that has ever come out, and you look at stuff as how many times have you watched something and not just been like, oh, that was good or okay or whatever, mm-hmm. but legitimately on the level of coming out of seeing like one of your favorite movies of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would even say something like on a fight club level or anything that kind of is up in that upper tier of cinema. Right. You know, basically anything that um, 
Quentin Tarantino's done for me, or you know, you, there's a million things that you can name off. Um, right. And how many times have you have you watched a Netflix original movie more so than TV? Uh, Amazon movie, Disney, I guess they don't really, you know, whatever. Like what any of the stuff that's basically on streaming right now, and just been like, right, that was incredible. Yeah, hardly. You know, I can't even think a movie. A movie doesn't even come off the top of my head. Most of the stuff that I've seen that's been lower budget is still stuff that's produced by real studios. Yeah, because so, I was about to say Love and Monsters, but that's not produced by a streaming service. Mm-hmm. And then one of the, my favorites from this year is the Kid Detective, which also wasn't mm. on a streaming service that that I technically came out last year, but uh, at this point it doesn't really matter because it's not like anyone goes to the theaters. So I'm excited for Dune to see how that's going to end I'm, up being. I'm, we'll ner- see. I'm nervous because I don't think I don't think Suicide Squad two is going to be very good. I don't uh, think so either. And then. Uh, you have like that and then like Godzilla V Kong was like whatever. And then mortal Kombat was kind of whatever. And so I'm like, there's a trend here. <laughs> yeah. Warner um, brothers, oh, man. And even, um, I think we had talked about it a few weeks ago, but like Judas and the black Messiah was just okay. Like it did, it didn't blow me away in any sort of, uh, you know, what'd you think about the Witcher? It was fine. Uh, the timeline stuff was terrible. I don't know why. They decided, all- I, yeah. I don't know why that's they the only to do complaint that. I had with them mm-hmm. is that that and the nudity. I felt like again, well, it's that's like the that's the I have with Game of Thrones, yeah. right? It's like it's just forced in there to. But that's Dutch. Get that's that like age group. That's like that Dutch culture, though. Those books are very much like that. Uh, oh, I know the books are like that, yeah. right? And I, I get it; it fits into that. I just it didn't. Just seems very forced. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it always it always is. It's it, that's yeah. like HBO is like they give you the boobies up front to try to get you in and then you stick, you <laughs> stick around. I was about to say, oh, boobies. Yeah, that's, that's what ba- it is. That's basically or, what oh, it is. But uh, actually, you know, I don't I don't think it was produced. What The Captain Fantastic. Uh, I don't know if that's... No, that came out a couple years ago. by Netflix. Okay, yeah. So uh, I thought that was a good movie, but yeah. I got a f- full frontal of uh, Vigo, though. <laughs> Dude, he likes doing that. Uh, have you ever seen... Um, Oh, what's the one where he, he's like a retired mob, like hitman or something, and he's living in this town? Frick, what is the name of that movie? I think he does the same thing in that. Uh, oh, oh yeah. uh, History of Violence. Uh, really? Have you ever seen that? It's pretty good. No. It's a pretty good movie. It's I've, very violent, but uh, yeah, I think he does the same thing in that, but I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, we can go on, but I don't think <laughs> with the next season's I don't know. I just don't care for nudity, you know, just obviously for the reasons, you know, but uh, sure. But yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, <laughs> is it, what's the purpose behind it? Like, or is it just kind of, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, In any case situation, don't whatever the movie is, doesn't matter to me. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's art. I don't think it, you know, you could allude to things without having to, show specific things yeah you know and they, I mean? they used to do that in like old cinemas like trains going mm-hmm. through tunnels the end of movies and stuff like that yeah right um yeah you know it, that's it, just my two thoughts yeah it, when it's it when it's uh it starts to bother me when it becomes overly aggressive if that makes sense where it's just like all the time where you're mm-hmm. like okay yeah because i i do kind of understand why it's like some some people are like it's just not necessary at all but i i don't think you really can necessarily get away with it anymore like that's yeah, just the, me, the way that it it goes 
it's to it's, me it's just opening a door for harder stuff later on like right that temptation enters yeah. in and and stuff like that opens up a, it's like a a gateway drug for example mm. you know leads you down harder stuff down the road but anyways let's get to talking about my favorite person i love on twitter oh right so uh i'm gonna do you have this pulled up do you want me to yeah i could pull it up um i got it popping now so so go ahead how do you, you know, i want you to describe david french because i i feel like um I'll all right so I'll he's a christian up. yeah he's a christian uh so i want to be he claims that he's a christian right i don't know him personally i don't know his faith anything like that but he claims to be a christian and he is he does op-eds for the washington post for um is he actually a columnist for the new york times i want to say no time magazine that's what it is but he does stuff for new york times you know all that um kind of deal so he's a would you say he's a journalist i know he's an editor he's a writer like the top yeah yeah, writer i would would he's an editor for the dispatch i would not consider him a journalist in the traditional sense but I would he's an Iraqi vet. Yeah. So, you know, respect there. Uh, and so he hangs. I, know, I don't know if he goes to Capitol Hill Baptist Church or whatever. Uh, he's like buddies with JT. Well, he's like buddies with JT Greer, which is how I sort of like ran into him. Um, but he's like, I don't know. Do you, do you want do you want to read this? I was trying to look up the yeah Thabiti. I'm not. I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm not going to try to. I could try, but I don't want to. <laughs> don't worry. About um. It. Uh. Anyway, yeah. I just don't want to butcher it. I can hardly pronounce my own last name sometimes. He's. Um. He is a public figure. David yeah, Bridges he's a public, a public figure. figure, and he's a neocon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that simple. He's a he's a neocon statist. Like the dude. He wrote. He wrote you want this, to explain uh, what to people what neocons are for those who so don't know, neo, or do you want me to? Neocon is. Uh, well, I'm, I'm getting confused with boomercon, but I guess they're kind of the same thing. Boomercon's just another way of insulting them. Um, yeah. But they, they're generally very like pro-war. They're they're pro-state. Um, pro-war, like pro-state conservatives. Yeah. Um, and I almost wouldn't even consider him. I, I is he a conservative? That's. I mean, he's a neocon, conser- you know. Yeah. He, you know, that's why I put conservative quotation marks. So, like George Bush would be a neocon. Yeah. Um, George Bush is like the, uh, one of the Dick neocons. Ch- Dick Cheney. Yeah. Dick Cheney. Um, what's his face? Ronald like, Reagan. The guy that had uh, cancer and died recently. Uh, who? Was uh, like Rush Cap- Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is definitely a neocon, but the um, Senator McCain, John McCain, was a neocon. Yeah, it's basically a, a former liberal who is a political conservative, if that makes sense. So they're not really actually conservatives. And so um, the so basically what he said I mean, on Twitter yeah. about CRT is the main problem with CRT and in evangelicals is the extent to which overhyped alarmism about evangelical wokeness is being used to close minds and hearts to necessary conversations about race in the church. Q and <laughs> Q and anti-vax beliefs are more prevalent in the church than CRT. At present, 
there's a large segment of evangelicals who've closed their minds to any message that isn't mainly dedicated to debunking the left on race. It's the reassuring voice that's whispering, the problems are all over there, not in here. Dude, man, I don't know. I don't know what it is. They're like, oh, man. So it's just when he, uh, that's why I don't read his stuff, man. But people I, uh, retreat I him. Fo- I, I stopped following him because he just has like all these hot takes that aren't very well thought out. That's actually, I think that's actually no. a common thing with neocons or boomer cons is that they put these hot takes out there and you're just like, what? You know, and, and I used to try to like, especially on Twitter, there would be people that I was like, well, these people are generally intelligent. Like, I don't think David French is an unintelligent person. <laughs> of course not. They write tweets and I'm sitting there like trying to, to be like, all right, well, how would I argue? It's like, I think I disagree with this. And then you realize sometimes that tweets are just stupid. It's sort it of is. like word vomit for a lot of people because a lot of people don't spend the time to be like, to, to, to articulate that 280 characters or whatever they happen to be writing within that range. And he, he, so, he's trying to compare wokeness with Q and anti-vax. And he's also assuming, and this is, this is a thing that I absolutely hate is, and it, it, it's really um, disingenuous when people talk about uh, COVID vaccination skepticism or um, people who just don't want to get it as being the exact same thing as someone who is anti-vax. Somehow those are now the same thing. Yep, exactly. So when he said anti-vax, what he really meant is against the COVID, COVID vaccine. Vax. He's not talking about actual anti-vaxxers because I don't know. It's like you and I have been in church for do you? I know I, Maybe I do, and they just don't talk about it. No, um, I know. I mean, anytime I've addressed them, I've never accused them of being crazy, right? None of them, been, you know, no. anything like that. I've always just have it. Oh, they they say stuff. I'm like, oh, have you have you researched this? And they say yes. I'm, and they come at it from a perspective. And I say, okay, well, this is the typical guidance, and this is where you know you're misunderstanding some things. Yada yada yada. I, I, all my vaccines. All that stuff, taking them. The only vaccine I don't really ever take is the flu vaccine. That's just because every single it's time I take it, vax. I've gotten the flu. Yeah, and so it's supposed um, to be like a preventative measure, and it it doesn't yeah. work most of the time. Like people usually, yeah. Get and sick. that's all the other ones, though. You know, I've been good with, I've been fine with, and I think uh, yeah, generally. I don't but like anyway, when he when he says Q and anti-vax beliefs, he's obviously saying Q and anti-vaccine COVID. COVID beliefs that's what he's linking them to yes i don't think there's a direct link i don't think there's any studies or anything i'm aware of to the where there, there's a direct link between q and as a whole anti-vaxxers like the an, actual anti-vax community no they're right? totally different things one, like and, one of the one of those groups sort of believes that donald trump stole the pope's gold and the other <clears throat> it, group is just kind of worried that you're putting stuff into your body that could be potentially harmful. Yeah, you know which I, mean? I can understand. That. I can on a base level, I can understand where they're coming from, right? Because we all have yeah. a distrust of the government. I, but I don't trust pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> I don't either. In but it's story, just trying to it? educate them and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I know many people who used to be anti-vax, or not many, but I know of some who used to be anti-vax. But through talking with a doctor or whatnot, who just listened to them and addressed their concerns, you know, we we're, were able to reason them with them to a more reasonable and balanced place and so it's funny that uh, they, they can't seem to do that with the covid it, it's really interesting right the, cdc statistics right even using what the cdc says and the fda 
anyway that's we've talked about that plenty we've talked about that plenty but it is very interesting that it's like you can explain to someone why getting the polio vaccine is probably a good idea but that same doctor probably isn't going to be as convincing with the the covid vax can i ask you a question yeah is being anti-vax sinful no no i don't think i don't think so christian liberty on that right Uh, yeah i would imagine so i mean it's there's nothing that how many Christian universities and churches and stuff like that? Like I, I could, I can definitely understand and agree with him that there are some sinful concepts about Q and obviously there are about CRT, right? Sure. Um, well, it's but about, I, sorry, Q is nowhere near as prevalent as CRT no, is. No, Not no, everyone no. who supports Trump was a Q and in white believer. I made <laughs> so much fun of people who were Q. It was dude, I enjoyed it because it was the stupidest stuff. And, and it was like uh, uh, Mike Pence got beheaded and this person got beheaded. <laughs> so I, didn't um, I, I could be wrong. I don't want to like paint David French in a light that is not appropriate. But did, is, he's big on that Russian collusion stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he was big on the Russian hoax. The, the same thing as Q. Yeah. Like, it if, wasn't, if, you're, if you are big on the Russian hoax and, and you still think what, that's a real thing. after You are the blue anon that's what they're called blue and the the last version of q blue anon and so (laughs) again you know there i don't know what study or anything he could link to besides just anecdotal or whatnot to where he would say q and cr is q is more prevalent or just as prevalent as crt um but i know of christian universities churches who will send people letter christians uh, uh accusing them of harming their students or congregation um, because they denounce CRT at a talk, right? And so, uh, or they equate um, anti-racism, right? Their definition of anti-racism, not what we would say is anti-racism, but the CRT's definition of anti-racism as um, marks of a Christian, just like we talked about last week. It's about um, Jesus plus this, right? Jesus plus your um work to do this this and that um it's not jesus plus nothing and so uh and also he's also wrong when he said that as we talked about last week the main problem with crt and evangelicals is the extent to extent to which overhype alarmism about evangelical wokeness it's not overhyped enough it's not it's underhyped if anything yeah the uh CRT and wokeness in in the church. Um, well, and the thing is, is like, I so first of all, what he's doing is a non-starter because he's taking a, a, a thing where someone goes, "I'm concerned about CRT in the church," and he goes, "Oh yeah, well, what about these completely different subjects?" And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, that in and of itself, it's like, okay, you're removing, you're trying to overtake the conversation with. Again, what you think is important, not what all the you're you're not addressing the audience. You're saying, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the most important thing, right? And it's like, why don't you address this? And then in your own time, you can you can tweet all you want, David French, about Q in the church and about anti-vaxxers is, in the church. Is Q in on anti-vaxxers uh that ideology, if you for lack of a better term right now? Is that taught in institutions in America? 
know. Not that uh, I'm a, is that not that I'm aware taught of. In a, a large prominence of churches in America. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe maybe some of these like you know outside the city churches in, in North Carolina. Some of those places get a little mm-hmm. crazy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it does yeah, not, you're right. It doesn't you have what I'm saying, it, though, it right? Have, it does not have the same kind of influence at all. Didn't Joe Biden continue uh, evoke Trump's executive order on not teaching CRT at the federal level? Um, he uh, revoked it and enacted that teaching, and then at the public school level, yada yada yada. You know, CRT is taught, and then you have had it. You've seen it invade the church and trying to rip away the foundations. And so, yeah, it's just clearly just a very plastered, you know, generic, like, let me throw two thoughts together and Mm -hmm. make a hot take that is not really that hot and not thought well thought out to going back to your original point, hot take, not well thought out. And I think we had talked about this before the show started, but listen, if you see CRT as a helpful, useful tool, right? And you don't fall into this, this camp of it being, a part of your ideology, but there mm-hmm. are th- say there's like pieces of it that you're like, well, I've been re- I, I I learned about this, and I sort of understand that there's this this system, um, government, if you will. That's usually when you talk about systems, right? You talk about these like those sort of things. It's usually whether they they understand it or not, they're talking about government systems, um, yeah. because that's how stuff gets forced. That's how it gets enacted. Oh yeah. Um, if you're if you think that you're you're trying to be honest in the things that you believe, and then someone asks you a question, and you're unwilling to defend it, you're unwilling to have a conversation with literally anyone, right? Like, do you really believe it? And you're are you just expecting people to take you at your word on this? Like, it's just a hey, trust me because I know what I'm talking about. Like, right? <laughs> uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that got us into like the Iraq war. <laughs> and it's not even it. along with that. It's if you criticize CRT, you're accused of not thinking there are race issues in America. Yeah. What was that? No one on the people who, mo- uh, uh, at least in the people I follow and, um, hear about from this on the side that critique CRT, they're not saying there isn't a race problem. Right. They're just saying it's not what CRT is making it out to be. Yes. CR, right. Yeah, it's like we were saying last week, like CRT never ends. This idea of being anti-racist, it, the, the idea behind it is that, that it never ends, right? You're always doing it. There's no forgiveness. There's no um, great. It's not grace centered at all. It's it's this idea that you must active be actively be looking for racism all the time. And it's like, honestly, if you go looking for it, you're going to find it. But you probably, yeah, you're going to see it everywhere. It's like every you're little gonna, thing you're going to see it from that perspective, from yep. that worldview. Because it's already it's being filtered through that lens instead of just objectively looking at something and identifying you know what is racist and what isn't and obviously they change the terms but you're exactly right it goes on forever because there's always an oppressor class and an oppressed class Mm -hmm. and so it's just going to continue on and on um speaking of crt david oh man are we ready according to our president what is our biggest threat that we are facing right now? <laughs> right, hang on. Amidst a pandemic and amidst, you know, uh, China and Russia and, you know, all these North other Korea. forces and powers and things at play. What is the biggest threat that we are facing right now? That's a good question. Well, we can hear it from his mouth 
directly if you'd like. I would. What our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today, white supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd's young daughter. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down to talk to her so I could look her in the eye. She looked at me, she said, my daddy changed the world. I wanted to leave that part in there because I actually, in a, it, it, it's sort of true. It might be one of the most honest things that he's he said uh, in his presidency is that, you know, I, who knows if that story is really real. I, I question, it's like ever, maybe not ever since, but, you know, occasionally there are things that politicians do where they tell stories and you go, that that never happened. <laughs> it's like that freedom thing that Kamala Harris, yeah. where she was like, and she basically, I guess, got caught because that was something that that was like something a little girl who was talking to Martin Luther King Jr. said at one point, where you know, it's she gets like yeah. mocked constantly for it now. Well, in her defense, the president has also plagiarized in the past, so she's just learning from her leader. So yes, absolutely. Uh, so her her supervisor, I should say. Um, so Joseph, why but did you bring, bring saying, this? Saying Tyke, I had to look up that word because Tyke. Yeah, so, you, well, it's he's a. I mean, he's a boomer. Like he is. He is I an know. actual boomer. Um, I have forgotten that word. I'm like, <laughs> man, that just does not sound like <laughs> a good word to me. No. I don't know why, but yeah, it's just a small child. I'm like, hey, hey, I learned something from Joe Biden. Yep, I never would have thought. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> I've heard, I've, I've, I have heard it before, but yeah, clearly uh, he's just pandering right to his base and he's just, you know, only people who voted for him, uh, which apparently is 81 million people in America. Uh, yeah. Most of those people are probably going to think that. So whatever you QAnon. <laughs> Blowing on. Just con conspiracy. Um, hey, man, 81 million people. Voted for him, and with the melon ballots, I believe it. So, sounds about right. This, you get what you vote for. This takes us into another clip. Um, this was kind of going around today, and it's funny these actually kind of add up, right? Because he was saying that his intelligence agencies, right, have mm -hmm. said that that the biggest threat to America currently is white supremacy, right? Which what he's talking about is domestic terrorism, which sounds to me as if they're just trying to bring the war home. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to a place where this is just the way you start reading stuff because they're like, well, we want to get out. It's like uh, Iraq war, uh, us being in the Middle East, that's over. We're finally getting out because the biggest problem is actually domestic terrorism. And I don't know if you, you remember, and I, I did a video on this was one of like the second video I did for the YouTube channel uh, about John Brennan talking about different groups of terrorists. And he was lumping uh, libertarians yeah. into that group. Well, John Brennan is the head is the former director of the CIA. Yep. Um, and the CIA was in some hot water uh, today, actually, because of an ad they just put out. So let's let's watch this and let's see if we can maybe connect some of these some of these dots. Let's do it. Did it work that time? Oh, it's pa oh, sorry. Yeah. 
When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow damned up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. <laughs> so, it was the diaper part and the kid part that got me. <laughs> I know that you're part like... made me crack up. <laughs> Have you? Did you watch this before? No, no, I okay. didn't. Um, I saw, I saw it briefly, and I just laughed when I saw it briefly for like five seconds. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah, duh. Who didn't already know that it was a psychop? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, and, and so what's interesting about it though, is that this is the group of people that Joe Biden is, I guarantee you, this is the group of people. I mean, I'm sure like FBI and, and all the other alphabet, uh, agencies or whatever that they're all involved in this in some way, but I have this sneaky feeling just because of who the CIA is and what they do, that they are the ones that were telling Joe Biden that white supremacy is the, you know, and I think that proves it. Oh, yeah. I think that proves it. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's really funny because she names off all those things, right? And then she says, uh, where, where was it? Uh, she's like, she names off, she checks all these boxes, right? She's like, I'm a woman. I'm a mother. I'm Latina. I'm cisgender. I'm cisgender. I have uh, depression and, and anxiety issues, right? Yep. But, I also, struggle with imposter. Yes. I used to. <clears throat> but also, I don't check boxes. She, oh, she's a, and then she says, I'm intersectional, but I don't check boxes. But it's not a, a box checking exercise. That, that was right. the, the quote. And you're like, but you literally just checked like 12 boxes and then <laughs> said, I am intersectional, which is literally all about checking specific boxes. Is. 
it's just like when someone says, uh, what's that? Ricky Bobby said it. Uh, with all due respect, and then everything after it's oh, it all yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> exactly. And it go and it's just so funny because it's like, okay, so you you consider your, yourself as someone who is a is marginalized uh, and mm-hmm. potentially oppressed, right? It's like, well, congratulations. Now you can take that experience and do it to other people in other countries. <laughs> yep. And now I, you're at the top, probably in the one percent, right? Or the top percent in america you have this authority this control and it's funny uh you mentioned that one thing that i can't exactly remember what she said but something about destroying the patriarchy and instituting the matriarchy or whatnot whatever she said uh got me thinking oh starina and matriarchy now and why is it that this is my thing and is why do you think a matriarchy is better than a patriarchy Mm. like what makes that better right because she's a woman I would make the argument. Well, obviously. Uh, Dude. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I would make the argument that when things are functioning properly uh, in a society, you know, uh, based off the Bible, based off of studies and stuff like that, that a patriarchy is probably, you know, a good system or in a matriarchy is a good system, right? But it's more so just this. When you're not attacking masculinity the problem with the with the patriarchy and why feminism rose is because they attack femininity right it was just women are just this and 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 it's not not everything was in accord to what god has designed god had designed and the problem with what has been going on in america for a while is the deep value of masculinity masculinity is toxic this is toxic overly aggressive this and this and this and that and and then also you had the same thing with true femininity and so uh, I just think a system of proper leadership, respect, uh, individuals, loving your neighbor as yourself. I mean, well, just, the, that's a good way to go. And the CIA doesn't operate like that. And, you know, she comes out saying all the all this woke terminology and then it blows up on social media. But we already knew everyone oh, who's yeah, well, paying I mean, attention already knew. And it's, it's, it's now just in your face more so. It worries me, but it's also one of those things where I can't help but think that she's just a pawn in their game to distract from what they do generally. Um, yeah. It was like They're I was using her. It's like I was saying before, like they they've been involved in drug running in other countries. Um, you know, they're they're not directly the result of the uh, the crack epidemic in the United States, but they're very much involved with that because of the, the drug running. Um, you sure about that? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> um, that was part of that podcast I was listening to today. It's like they get, they get a lot of credit for that, which they deserve yeah. because of what they were doing with um, whoever was in charge at the time with all the crack going, coming yeah, out of Mexico, yeah. I think. Um, and like I said, like they were, you know, they're, they're a shady organization. I even looked up, I was like, okay, I want to try to be fair to them. So I was trying to look up like things the CIA has done well, and one of the only things I could find was that they gave J.J. Abrams his career because <laughs> of Alias, and there was like something else in there about like breast cancer scans, and I'm just like, this organization's been around for 70 years, maybe longer than that at this point. I think it's somewhere in there, and they don't have much good to their name, and then the stuff that people want to give them credit for. Uh, as being good is all about either 
regime changes in other countries or like yep. covert ops to forcefully change things in countries. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh my God. I always go about the Guatemala back in the 1950s. I want to say specifically 1958. I can't remember the president's name who was uh, elected. I think at the actual Democrat election. Um, and uh, by the people, nothing shady, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. But he wasn't on America's side. And so the CIA overthrew him, JFK and all that stuff. And yeah. so, um, and it's funny because I took a class. Uh, I mean, you know, you... you you even look at I, I'm sh obviously they were probably involved with the I Iraq War. They were probably involved mm -hmm. with the stuff with Gaddafi during the Obama presidency, um, which was interesting. Dave Smith talked about that. Well, and we'll get into the Joe Rogan thing later, but it was on that podcast, uh, yeah, where he was talking about Gaddafi, and he's like, he's like I, I th Dave Smith's like I think Gaddafi was a bad person, but I also think that every president in my lifetime has been a bad person. That doesn't mean I want people. Who, dropping bombs on the country because our president is a bad person yeah you know what i mean he's got like exactly. a very like tempered response to this because it's like yeah it's it's like we went over like we go to these places and we force new regimes into power <clears throat> that just tend to agree with us because they know if they don't the cia or well cia or some other organization but usually i think it is it is them yeah we'll go over and fix things if you will right um you know it's like on there i think it's like on their website like they talk about being like an intelligent intelligence agency but they're also into like these like shadow ops like these black ops types thing type things it's like it's all real yeah. people just ignore it because it's not directly happening to us at home at least not yet exactly. which is why the the domestic terrorist thing is should scare people and why the whole I, you know, it's like I don't want to be alarmist about it, but it's like it should kind of it should worry people because you have former head of the CIA saying that, you know, you have all of these like groups, half of which aren't really white supremacists. And then they lump libertarians in there as as if they're white supremacists and terrorists. Yep. Right. And then you have Joe Biden come out and say that white supremacy is the biggest uh, threat to America. Right. Even though he's literally been in involved in all of that for years and years right there's a weird irony in that and then oh, yeah. you have this whole thing with intersectionality coming into the organization that has a tendency to um do incredibly shady things uh oh absolutely yeah so i mean you pretty much nailed it so i mean it's just you see i also spying on its own citizens doing terrible stuff in other countries so all right, what's next on the agenda? Oh, this uh, situation in Myanmar. I wanted to just yeah. I haven't looked a ton into it. I know I know what's going on. I'm like, man, it's been a month or two now, right? Of uh, the military coup. So there was a military coup. It basically went from one dictatorship to another. The difference is, is uh, that right. the the dictatorship that is in now is not necessarily U.S. friendly. Um, <laughs> So we'll <laughs> listen, <clears throat> it's, it's funny, uh, you know, uh, that'll probably change <laughs> soon. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry. It's so hilarious. I, I love it when things blow up in the government space. Sometimes it's yeah. like, this is, you know, it's, it's exactly what you said earlier. It is a hard balance of when do you have genuine care and intervene in a situation when you can that to prevent 
atrocity atrocities that are happening understand like at what point do you get involved when you can do something when you have something like world war ii for example like with the concentration camps and Which, all those people yeah. are dying and you have you know terrible stuff going on in china right now like at what you know especially now you have nuclear arms involved you have mm -hmm. there's so many different things to think about well that's the thing is like it's so nuanced is what i wanted th to say there is a lot of nuance and you got to remember that like i don't think the u.s had like they had intelligence agencies back in the day they knew there were concentration camps mm -hmm. <clears throat> in germany there's just no way they didn't know right that and they knew we we're going to be in my opinion knowing what i know I think like so the US everyone in the everyone like literally everyone in the US no one wanted to get into involved in another European war. Yeah. No one wanted to. And I kind of think that I know that Great Britain needed America's help. I kind of think FDR and the government instigated Japan to make a move, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's there there are there. Speaking of the CIA, there are people who believe that the CIA knew about 9-11 and purposely did not share that information with people in order for that to happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. I'm not saying I, I believe that, but I wouldn't be shocked. And there are just I because think, of what I personally lean towards in World War Two that uh, I can't remember what I had read. I just know there was actual, actual evidence I'd read. Right. Not just being a conspiracy theorist, but things right. that point to. Okay that they had within reason you can make an argument that they had knowledge of this and they enacted the embargo to to poach japan and then had knowledge that they were going to try and attack right mm -hmm. uh so i mean again that wouldn't surprise me with 9-11 i personally don't lean towards that um but i i don't it's well on it's that hard. end it wouldn't surprise me it's hard to believe that a u.s agency would do something like that until you realize that it's like that's kind of what they do I, so this is the thing i don't understand when people make fun of the people who do believe in the 9-11 conspiracy or you could call what i and World War II conspiracy but yet there are all this all these documented atrocities that the cia has done that the fbi has done um the crap that they the did to mlk to yeah. uh, the presidents have done to malcolm x to the other you know, black leaders and um, the, just the MK Ultra, the, I mean, just all kinds of terrible things that people will be like, oh, no, you're conspiracy theory right. theorists because you believe that the CIA had knowledge and didn't do anything in Afghanistan. Well, yeah, it kind of makes sense based off their past. Like, and, and I could see that. I'm not saying that it, 100% that happened, but there it wouldn't, I, mean, I think that's within reason to assume that a terrible government agency has, that has done terrible things in the past could do it again yeah there are there are accounts from people who were involved over there that said that they let uh, bin laden get away they were chasing him and let him get across the border into a place that they weren't allowed to go and they did it on purpose and i can't remember what the reasoning was behind that i'll have to go back and find that because there's a, an entire book that was written on it um mm. name slip in my mind but uh yeah this this stuff's pretty normal anyway uh i just wanted to play this real quick because i think it's kind of some interesting information about what's going on over there and it's also a really good uh, indication of why you should never give your guns up. 
Myanmar security forces opened fire on protesters on Sunday, killing at least eight people in some of the biggest demonstrations against military rule in days, three months after a coup plunged the country into crisis. Local media reported that the protests were coordinated with demonstrations in Myanmar communities around the world to mark what organizers called the Global Myanmar Spring Revolution. Streams of demonstrators made their way through cities and towns across the country, including the commercial hub of Yangon. The deaths reported by multiple local media outlets were spread out across different cities and towns. Reuters could not verify the reports, and a spokesman for the ruling junta did not answer calls seeking comment. A video obtained by Reuters showed two Myanmar police officers and two men in plain clothes detaining three people on the street in Yangon on Sunday and putting them in what appears to be a civilian car. The protests come in the wake of the February 1st ouster of the government led by Aung San Suu Kyi. Wars with ethnic minority insurgents have also intensified since the coup, displacing tens of thousands of civilians according to United Nations estimates. So, mm. uh, just kind of a little update about what's going on over there. I mean, they're literally shooting their own people. Yeah, that's terrible. And it's it's one of those things that's like... I, I think people tend to ignore what goes on in the other world as if, like, that's, you know, given the opportunity that that doesn't have the possibility of happening here. Uh, yeah, right. I, I just don't think it's a good idea to ever not realize that there are you know it's like you look at the lockdowns last year this is this is kind of a a thought that's been going around uh recently that it's like you really saw, saw sort of the authoritarian slash uh, totalitarian nature of like smaller governments right so we talk a lot about like big government yep. and i always talk about it's like yeah we need to decentralize we need to start moving towards smaller government but i always tell people it's like it doesn't end there because it's not as if these smaller governments don't have the ability to do the same thing yeah, um, and, and we and you saw that with COVID. Mm -hmm, absolutely, you saw governors, um, it lo like local local people who were, who were going crazy about all this stuff, right? Right. So and obviously they weren't gunning people down in the streets, but and, and you know you always and I think this is always a good conversation to have with people, even if they're whether they're people that you agree with or disagree with. That it's like, you know, the laws on your side now. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be, you know, where people will be yep. like, just shut up and follow the law. But it's like, but what if the law isn't moral, right? They don't, they're not mm -hmm. necessarily, they don't equate I, to the same thing. I think the whole, you know, we just got talking about the CIA and what, you know, with the wokeness and the psychop, they put out feelers, right? And so, for example, I'll go back and use a less controversial one. Everything they're going to do, what was it, soap with the internet? Um uh, under the Obama administration to yeah, regulate and they just yeah. put out a feeler and everyone blew up and they're like, no, 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 we're going to walk that yeah. back. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the passports, right? They put out that feeler. Everyone loses their mind for the most part. Right. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to walk that back. Um, and so even though they're still sort of kind of trying to push it, uh, yeah. what was the other one I wanted to say with Jin Saki? Um, um, there was another one in, in, she was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that under this administration. And so they put out court these feelers to see packing? how people. Uh, no, not court packing. It it was that... Maybe it was the passports I was thinking of yeah, because they had met with. Because, again, the passport, for those who don't know, it's not actually a passport. It's an app 
on your phone. So, you know, it's tracking has all your data and all that stuff. So you can imagine what that's going to get used for. It's a cast and they system. had met. <laughs> What's that? It's a cast system. You're creating two different classes yep. of people. It's literally the social cast system, credit system in uh, China. China. Uh, yeah. It's a version of it, right? And so I think the Biden officials in the Biden administration, I met with some of the top health agencies, I want to say, or whoever. And so, yeah, so that's what they do. They put these fillers out and, and they come back. And so uh, that goes back to the Second Amendment. And why it's so important is that you see in Myanmar, these people don't have um, they have no way of fighting back, right? Like they're getting, yeah. they're allegedly, we can say allegedly, but it seems to be the case that they're like police officers or who, whatever they're, they technically are like agents of the state are putting people into unmarked vehicles and driving off, mm-hmm. which is kind of familiar because that definitely happened last summer. And it's, it's one of those things that like all the conservatives were like, oh yeah, the police are using unmarked vehicles to grab these people up. And now they were, some people were saying that the people they were grabbing up were undercover cops or whatever right but it's still sort of like you're not that far away and if we go down the the hole of they were using unmarked vans to to pick up members of antifa or whatever the case may be it's like mm-hmm. the law just happens to be on your side this time yep but what happens exactly. it's like what happens if this stuff goes through with what the cia or other intelligence agencies are telling by the biden administration and they start doing this to uh supposed white supremacist right mm-hmm. and and that definition is so broad yep you know it's like and, and then loose yeah do we get into the place of um what was it um some the the specific type of language that i think james Lindsay was talking about in one of the clips last week where um you're you're basically forced not to say certain things because you might hurt someone and it's like does that become uh, a sign of white supremacy so if you say something that goes against the norm right or the approved messaging like does anti-vax talk or whatever the case anti-vax in the sense of what they they now <laughs> anytime you you're skeptical of, of anything can they just throw the term white supremacy out there and put yeah. you in an unmarked van like <laughs> it's just labeling someone as crazy just to not have to reason and talk with them yeah uh and just Put them aside right if i can just label this person as an anti-vaxxer crazy or this or that then i don't have to engage in into the debate and talk with them as a normal person yeah um, yeah you say someone's racist and, so and thing, you automatically don't have to have anything to do with them anymore because yeah. their opinion I mean, if you call valid. someone a white supremacist and they deny it then their denial is just a heartbeat of racism so. <laughs> yeah i was gonna mention that earlier it's like <laughs> doctor what's his name dr brini is e- that how you pronounce, Ibram pronounce x kindy isn't that who Ibram? it was ibram kindy that's it. yeah that's X-Kindy. what it is ibram yeah Anyway, on that, uh, so that's why I think as long as we keep the Second Amendment and the you know the freedom of speech and gain decentralized government and gain more of our freedoms back, right, and and our rights back from the government, what they have taken so far, we'll head in a good trend in a good direction. So, uh, speaking of Trump, because um, you had mentioned last summer and the cops and everything. Uh, I remember Obama telling Trump that our biggest national security threat wasn't white supremacy. It was uh, North Korea. And Trump, he decided to go to North Korea himself and meet with Kim Jong-un, right? And I think the first president to do it since, what, Richard Nixon? 
I wouldn't say you're in a long time. Some, someone, somebody, uh, dude. Sometimes right, Ronald so Reagan, I don't know. Some conservative, that. right? Yeah. Uh, and all you saw in the media was that Trump basically is Kim Jong Un's puppet, bends over for him. What their buddy buddies, their best friends, their pals, and all this stuff. It's like no, you're just talking to, uh, trying to prevent a war. Trying to pre- prevent mass. <laughs> Death. The former pre- yes, the former president says, "Hey, this is our greatest national security threat." Threat, and Trump forms a relationship with North Korea. That is a good thing, not a bad thing. With well, as terrible as North Korea is, well, you're trying to prevent mass deaths. There's there's nuance, right? To because it, then right? that pulls in. I think they have a treaty with China that pulls in. China. You know what I mean? That that's going to pull in every another world war. Boom, yeah, right off the and bat. that's that's the thing is like I think people have joked. Though I, you know, there's always a little bit of truth behind the joking where they're like, why don't we just blow up North Korea? And it's like, you do realize that there's like hundreds of thousands of innocent people there who have no idea. Like, you don't, you don't get to just like essentially, and now, don't get me wrong, I'd have to look up this, the actual definition of genocide, but like, we've gotten pretty close in the Middle East. Like, no one likes to really talk about that, yeah. but the US is like the cause of over a million people's deaths in the Middle East. And so it's like, do you want more of that? It's like, do you not understand? Like there is, there is a certain amount of morality that comes with leaving people alone. Right. Especially when we have a tendency to go into places in the name of like freeing them and lots and lots of people die and, and then they're still not really free. Right. So it, that crap drives me crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Korea is back in the news. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to talk much about that. I just, I thought that was funny. I'm going to grab this clip because I got a little clip for okay. it. Oh, you do? Nice. I do have a clip. But North remembers. <laughs> North Korea lashed out at the U.S. this morning in a series of statements saying recent comments from Washington are proof of a hostile U.S. policy and warned it would take corresponding measures. This is seen as a way for the North to gain leverage as the Biden administration finalizes its North Korea policy and with Biden himself to meet with South Korean President Moon Jae-in later this month. Min Soo Kan reports. North Korea on Sunday said U.S. President Joe Biden made a big blunder in his first congressional address last week, saying that his remarks indicate a hostile policy. Kwon jung director general of the U.S. Affairs Department at the North's foreign ministry, said Biden's policy is now clear, so the North will have to take corresponding measures, and with time, the U.S. will find itself in a very grave situation. That's basically it. I mean, they, they go into more detail and the rest of that. And I think I put it in the show notes, but whatever. Um, That's hilarious. It, uh, it's funny. I see how wimpy the Biden administration is with China and North Korea, right? They, instead of continue on the relationship that Trump had made, probably because Trump had made it, they're probably like, oh, yeah, he's friends with them. And so it's portrayed in the media as, you know, let's ruin this relationship so we can get another war along with increasing tensions I, with russia which which trump had worked on with that and trump was trying to work with china too he uh-huh. wasn't trying to increase the tensions with china um trying to decrease it so a lot listen i'm not sitting here saying trump's a saint trump this trump that i'm just saying you have this person who you perceive on the left right as this big bad villain who's trying to prevent war mm-hmm. right uh 
and yet your president isn't. Well, so, well, jo Joseph, war doesn't matter because our biggest problem is white supremacy. Uh, it we, is. We have to spend all you of know, our everywhere. time. We have to spend all of our time hunting ghosts instead of trying to stop massive groups of people dying. Bro, Beth Moore said that it's even in the church. She didn't name anybody, but she said it's so prevalent in the church and it's everywhere, and man. Yeah, so, this is the thing, man. Is that yeah? I, that made me start thinking about everyone I knew <laughs> that was white in the church, and I was like, you oh, know, spooky ghosts. Um, there's like, probably right underneath my nose. I, man, here's the thing for normal people. I hope a lot of them are paying attention, right? Because the, the whole idea behind the 2020 election, let's just, let's just assume that everything was on the up and up with the election, right? Yeah. Right. Let's just assume it. Let's, let's just assume first president ever to carry the election without Ohio, Florida, Larisota, Pennsylvania, um, so you know, this that yeah, yeah yeah but we're gonna assume it's all let's, on the up let's and just up. say everything's on the up and up right you have all these people who which voted. It very well he very well may could have because of melon voting right yeah let's just say it so you know the, the let's just say that at the very you know we can there's they they let we will agree that there's always a small amount of election fraud that it happens right. during these elections, right? So we're just going oh, on the course. basis. There of, always is. Let, we're just going on the basis that it was fair and free election, right? Um, yeah. People voted to go back to what they believed was a better form of normalcy. They did it because they're ignorant to what the Obama administration did. Mm -hmm. What they remember of the Obama administration is a. Um, a a a handsome, well-spoken black man who wanted hope and change, and gave the. Uh, well, let me finish this. Gave the American people despair and change. <laughs> he changed it from he, he. It was worse when he. It was bad when he got in, and he made it worse. He made it, yeah, and you know, there's there's plenty of people um, who understand that. The things that he promised to black Americans did not happen. Um, he promised to get us out of wars. It did not happen. And what it seems like is that when, like, maybe, truly, Biden didn't lie. because it, and, and, and this is the thing that I'm now wondering, because I, I, I wouldn't say I was checked out during the Obama administration, but it definitely, mm -hmm. politics was not, like, necessarily forefront, especially foreign mm -hmm. relations. Right. Did the Obama administration just constantly poke beehives? Because this is what it seems he's he's poking Russia, North mm -hmm. Korea, China, uh, you know. Would you Syria? say he's poking China? I, yeah, I think so. I, you people, think so? yeah, I think he's more in line with. I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like, oh, he's in China's back pocket. That's not what I mean. But I think you know. There's some, Did I have I say some skepticism. You know what I, I mean? I say Russia. Yeah. yeah you said Russia. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, who knows? Maybe maybe it is more. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think I remember hearing some story, uh, some reports about him threatening China in certain ways over, over mm -hmm. certain things. And he, you know, he has been kind of playing this weird uh, middle ground game with uh, the stuff going on with the Uyghurs. Mm -hmm. All, all that to be said, he, he there seems to be this thing going on where he's he's poking the hornet's nests of certain yep. countries 
that don't really seem like they'd have an issue getting into uh, a conflict, right? It's almost right. like he wants it to happen. He wants it's like the whole thing that was going on with Russia. It's I was just like, does this guy want this? Right? It's like, is is this what people voted for? Right? And I I say that a lot. I literally every time they come out with a report about what Biden is doing, I'm just like, is this pe- what people wanted when they voted for him, or was it really yeah. just? And it, listen, yeah, it, we're we're not talking about Trump really, but it's like, it's like, this is better. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's it it wasn't great. Like there's, there's, uh, we could spend an entire episode talking about the ways that, that Trump screwed up. Trump but, was bad. Yep. Right. But here's the thing is like, yeah, he was trying to at least seemed like he wanted actual peace deals in the middle East was mm-hmm. do, doing at least whatever he had the ability to do to get troops out of the middle East. Right. You're right. I think he he was tough on China, but it did seem like maybe the long game was to try to get a fair agreement with them. North Korea was pretty much quiet. Like they as far as I remember, they they, there wasn't a whole lot that they were doing to threaten us. Right. Uh, Him him and Putin were mostly fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing. He was hard on Russia. Yeah. People want to act. People don't understand that he did some hardcore sanctions on on Russia. Yeah. Um, well, people, and people want to act like he was trying to start tons of conflict when in reality, other than a couple, you know, a couple uh, really bad decisions with droning um, mm-hmm. and showing military might because he thought that's what people wanted when, when you really kind of look at his base, a lot of his base really is anti-war. Yeah. They really didn't want that stuff. Like they're into kind of that protectionist the never, the never trumpers are just democrats and they went They're to neocons yeah, essentially neocons, real neocons yeah which are former liberals and, that and are he, politically conservative and and he just didn't understand trump truly didn't understand what any of that was but then now mm-hmm. you've got you've got kim kim jong like poking back because he knows he can right mm-hmm. there isn't even exactly. that that illusion that if he tries to do something like that that something terrible might happen to him and this was my um, whole weird, thing with oh, with so Trump weird. is is when people would say Trump's bad, I would be like, yeah, but look at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. He's not that bad, right? And so it's my, the problem I had with libertarians is when they criticize Trump, they were criticizing for the drone strikes. I was like, I get that, completely agree. I'm right there with you. But also, you got to look at what he's trying to do, right? It's it's kind of like what we've mentioned in previous episodes. You're trying to you're getting where you want to be slowly, right? Uh, you know, trying to abolish something may not happen cold turkey overnight, but slowly along and along, you get to the place where you want to be by uh, making compromises with people. And I think that's what you could potentially have had under Trump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, at the very least, we could have, it would have been a semi-step in the right direction, especially because we didn't get uh, <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard or any of the potential, like, anti-war, like, really seeing, like, big changes. Yeah. Um, she, you know, obviously, I don't think she was very good on the war on drugs. <clears throat> but no. that's, that's pretty typical, like, Democrat or Republican at this point. Yeah, it's kind of like Christy Noem. You know, I, mean, I don't really know much about Christy. She was great with COVID. You know, that's pretty much my extent yeah, of my knowledge. Like, but I know that with the war on drugs. Yeah. She's, you know very bad on that side um and it takes it takes time man it's it, uh, abolition of things is not something that happens overnight 
it's mm-hmm. it, it really is like you have to have that groundswell movement of getting people to understand like we have no business forcibly changing regimes in other countries because Mm -hmm. what seems to happen and this seems to be the case no matter what is that they force out a regime and an even worse one shows up yeah well the funny thing to me is that i don't understand how bernie sanders just doesn't lamb blast joe biden and hillary clinton and stuff in both of the election cycles 2016 and 2020 they got something um, even when you have trump calling out them rigging it and you see from the establishment you look at bernie he's a populist you look at trump he's a populist yeah. and you see from the establishment them trying to get rid of who the populist mm-hmm. candidates and so anyway you ready to jump onto this next subject? Yeah, so I think we're let's go ahead and just like skip down to the Vax stuff and the Rogan thing yeah, and end it. it there. And I'll save everything for next week. That way we have some good content for next week. Yeah, um, that works. <clears throat> Uh, mostly because I'm coughing like crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so I wanted to start with this uh, report from NPR that I found on Facebook, which is probably the first time Facebook's been useful <laughs> in like a long time. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pull it up. I was just going to kind of read uh, from it. But the uh, the headline is the U.S. vaccination or vaccinations may be reaching a tipping point in fight against virus ex experts say right like it's always this i hate i hate that so much but and and we can talk about why we think we can talk about why we think that this article was written um but it says nearly 100 million americans are fully vaccinated um which is about a third of the population it's a little less than that but all right because there are 331 million people now according to the last census yeah and uh um the u.s um, so 331 million. Uh, nearly 100 million Americans are fully vaccinated, and the coronavirus cases are at their lowest level since last October. So let's remember, this is coming from NPR, right? This is not some sort of right-wing organization. So this might be the, the first... I was I like read that and was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, could Surprise. The, uh, could the vaccination campaign finally be winning the race against the coronavirus in the United States? Uh, it's questionable. Uh, that's the big question the nation has been waiting to answer. No, whoa, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. I bet I'm going to call this. I bet you just read that first paragraph. I know what they're doing. The Democrats know that they're on pace to probably lose the House and the Senate in 2022. I bet. I bet they try and get rid of the COVID by then and have everything o- open and going so they can try and win re-election. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this is Money the first, on it. I, I think this is the first sort of like scream like uh, like bloom in the it's all over sort of thing that go back to the previous episodes i want to say i said it on one of the episodes that either within the first six months of the biden administration or the first year of their administration that uh covid will pretty much you know disappear theoretically be gone yeah disappear And we've seen signs. We've seen. Well, no, you're fine. We've seen signs of it since Biden got into office, right? Mm -hmm. It was almost like. Well, it was like the next day stuff that people had been saying for for a year started coming out. We recently found out about the vitamin D thing. I'll 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 make a, a small prediction. I would almost tell you that because of this report, and it basically goes into sort of some detail about how even epidemiologists are saying that this might be the thing, like we might finally be at the turning point in all of this. It's kind of what the article says. You can go read it for right. yourself. Um, it's quite long, um, and then they ask you for a donation. So uh, I almost want to make a prediction that you're going to see the FDA um, release a statement that there is 
that, that ivermectin and some of these other things are natural like remedies for this right because we saw the vitamin d thing right. which which ha- i which I, you and i have known about that for over a year now for over a year that was that yeah. was actually something rogan was on because um what's her name um dr Rhonda patrick yes and Ron- i've heard from other people too prior hand that 84 percent of the people who were hospitalized with covid were vitamin d deficient mm-hmm. and she she were, yeah. she was it's just on a mitigation that. yeah yeah, it's mitigation, right? right? It's it's no remedies. one saying that vitamin D would cure you from COVID. Mm-hmm. Just saying it's a mitigation. The the idea is is that you're not having to put pharmaceuticals in your body necessarily in order to um, do this, and it's also cheap, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about it, it's like the um, the difference in um, what's oh god, uh, <laughs> what? like a um, like getting. Something for a cold that's really, like, really strong. Man, I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically like getting, are you trying to say there's, you know, it's taking a vitamin cocktail for the cold versus taking like a Z-pack? Or is that what you're trying to say? kind of, like, if you were to get um, antibiotics versus getting, like, taking aspirin for your cold, right? Like you right, have right. you have something that is more like you have to get a like the doctor's note for something that's strong. It's probably going to knock it out versus doing something yeah. that's a little more of a of a remedy per se. Um, well, so it's kind of like it, 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 a more probably accurate analogy would be taking vitamin D to prevent you getting the cold right. versus right. when you have the cold taking an antibiotic like because now shot. you have it. Or like the, the vitamin D is just a way to mitigate you from getting COVID right. versus when you have it. The flu you know, shot and, might even be a better, yeah. like the flu shot might be the best analogy. It's like you can get the flu shot. It might protect you. Um, or because there are, rem- there are remedies, right? Like you can take cough drops, you know, you can take vitamin C, vitamin D, you can work out, you can be healthy, you can live a relatively yep. good, you know, healthy lifestyle. doesn't mean that you still might not catch a flu, Right, but it also means that you don't have to get a flu shot. You don't have to put pharmaceuticals yeah. into your body in order and to protect yourself. If you get the flu, you'll probably do better off being healthy, having vitamin C and vitamin D and all these other stuff in your system. Mm-hmm. You're exercising and all that stuff because you're you're healthy. And so, yeah. uh, what, what were we anyway? So yeah, I think that I think that um, what what we're gonna see is that a lot of these. Uh, remedies are gonna people are gonna start backing off you're when you start seeing places like NPR reporting on things that other people have known for a very long time and and it's interesting right obviously that the, they are um putting this in the context of the the vaccine is the thing that is allowing us to do that right because yeah, they can't yeah. they can't say that like natural herd immunity has anything to do with it right because you're they're saying one third of the population has gotten um the vaccine and we're, we're saying it, it's close to that obviously 100 million isn't exactly one third but yeah i mean i you know i've heard reports that like there are people who who went to go get their first uh jab and didn't go back and don't want yeah. to go back and that they there's num there's some sort of number I means like i'm not going to say a number because i'm not i'm not totally sure but it was pretty high of people who were who went to go get the first one and something happened in between that and they were just like i'm not going back you know, yeah. and then then you heard, a, and who knows? It could have been this thing that came out about Pfizer being like, "Well, you got to get a third one next year," and people are just like, "Yep," they're like, "This was I'm not. Good. I was sold a bad good," you know. Yep. Uh, and the funny thing is that when ivermectin was, you had mentioned that when it had came out, people were labeling 
those who are speaking of ivermectin being a cure for the early treatment of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, as conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. And my whole thing is like, hey, I have these experts who are doctors saying that it works. I have these experts who are doctors saying, no, it doesn't, only the vaccine does. To me, it seems like, okay, uh, ivermectin is probably not good if money-wise for vaccines when you've invested all this stuff in there. But for me, it's just like, why can't I listen to both sides? Why can't both talk and, you know, have a debate or not just debate, but you throw up your research and make arguments, yeah. you know, right? Pros and cons and, and Dude, just go for because ivermectin is cheap, cheap. Know, and that's not good for the call structure of the vaccine. No. And when you have all of these people in the pocket of the pharmaceutical company, every single one of them, mm-hmm. Fauci, uh, all, all of these, of Dr. Burks. Dr. Burks, all of these um, mainstream media sources. I asked, I told my barber this because you. It, it's really funny. Like, I ever since we started this, I have to like kind of tiptoe around talking about certain subjects with people mm-hmm. because it's not as if you can blast people with information and they're automatically going right. to go, oh. But he and I were talking, and I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I've learned a lot. And I, one of the things I was like, did you? I was like, have you ever wondered or found it kind of weird that all of these mainstream media outlets including fox news to some degree Mm -hmm. they all have pharmaceutical ads and i just said how is it possible for them to be um unbiased unbiased when all of these all uh, their their money and and you're talking pfizer spends like 11 billion dollars on advertising a lot of that is going to to mainstream media outlets how could they be spends a lot Mm -hmm. of and that's How what I asked him. And he's unbiased. like, yeah, that's a good point. And that's all you that's all you do, right? Like I'm not and right. we've talked about this a little bit. Like, I'm not really in the game of debating people necessarily. Um, I don't like it. I don't it, it's just right. like I I don't know. It's just not my thing. <clears throat> right. But if we can sit and I can talk to someone and be like, all right, here's why I'm skeptical about this. Like, what do you think about that? Right. And it's it's more of a like, I'm just trying to I generally am just trying to get people to get on my level of skepticism. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're 100% doing this all the time. All right. I'm trying to get you to is, do you see how the dots actually connect when you ha- when someone is giving you a lot of money and your job is supposed to be to go uh, to essentially, they used to call it in uh, in school when I was in uh, uh, journalism classes, that the, the journalists are supposed to be like the watchdogs, right? They're the ones that are keeping an eye out for all the things to protect the public. It's It's their job. That's right. Well, it used to be their job. It's supposed to be what they do. So if if a pharmaceutical company gives a journalist a million dollars in advertising revenue, right, to put commercials on whatever their thing is, how likely are they going to be to tell the truth or to dig into the pharmaceutical company? No, not at all. Right. So the because they lose that one million dollars, it's uh. It's against free speech. Like advertising is against automatically against free speech. As I've mentioned it on another episode. If McDonald's sponsored this podcast, we, we can't talk about Burger King. Well, it's not even just that, but like we couldn't say any. We could we could trash Burger King, couldn't trash McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. We can't. T- yeah, that's a better, even better way to say it. we can't talk about how bad their food is and stuff like that, and this chemical and that chemical because. Yeah. Yeah. So and so that's exactly that's what that. a lot of that comes down to. So now that you're starting to see sort of this this change, you know, it just goes, okay, there's something afoot here. There's some something yeah. that that's changed in all of this. Um, but obviously, and uh, and this is where kind of the big subject comes in, and we'll, we'll talk about this for the end. But I do want to play this clip. Joe Rogan got in some uh, 
some hot big water. Um, I w- yeah, I would hardly say big trouble because I don't think he gives a crap. Um, no, he doesn't. But he got in big trouble with the Twitter's left. <laughs> with the Twitter left mob. The blue, the blue and on. It's like that, that picture I sent you of uh, when you sent me that uh, Ibram thing. Oh, it's like yeah. The, the thing, it's, got, it's like plugged into itself or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is what I always think of when I think of these people because it's just like... Uh, anyway, so we'll let the, the clip play and then we'll kind of talk about it. Let me unmute. And people say, do you think it's safe to get vaccinated? I've said, yeah, I think for the most part it's safe to get vaccinated. I do. I do. But if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I, I go, no. Yeah. Are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? Like, look, don't do anything stupid, but you should take care of yourself. You yeah. should, if you're if you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, and like, I don't think you need to worry about this. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. But there's a uh, lot of jobs that will tell you you need to have this. Well, that's what's but starting to happen now. People are worried about them doing it for their children. And we talked about this earlier, that yeah. the, 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 you might have to have your, your children vaccinated. And, you know, I can tell you as someone who's both, both my children got the, va- the, the virus, it was nothing. I mean, I hate to say that if someone's children died from this. I'm very sorry that that happened. I'm not... I'm not in any way diminishing that, but I'm saying the personal experience that my children had with COVID was nothing. One of the kids had a headache. The other one didn't feel good for a couple of days. Yeah. Like maybe, I mean, not feel good. Like, mm, like no, no big deal. No coughing, right. no, no, no achy, no like in agony. There was none of that. It was very mild. It was, it was akin to them getting a cold. Yeah, and you can have this thing where it's like you were saying this virtue signaling and this kind of like theatrical display of I get the vaccine, what a good person I am, I care about everyone. But you're like, look, my daughter's a lot younger than your kids, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not injecting my daughter with something to fucking virtue signal. Like, I'm not doing that. If there's something that she's of no risk, statistically has no risk from, I'm sorry, I'm not taking any experiment uh, on her in that. And that's that's my attitude. But it's amazing that that's controversial. Yeah. That even saying that I'm not going to inject my child with the vaccine is controversial. Yeah. It's crazy. Because, again, we are not talking about even the flu that we just found out killed 22,000 people last year. We're not talking about that. Right. We're talking about something that is not statistically dangerous for children but yet people still want you to get your child vaccinated which is crazy to me yeah like you should be vaccinated if you are vulnerable perfectly reasonable right you're muted by the way yeah completely reasonable it's my cough button (laughs) no you're fine Um, uh go ahead go ahead i mean Citing statistics, right? Saying statistically unlikely to get it and unlikely to die from it, right? And yeah, and it's, it's so I mean, it's, it's just it's not even the statistic, right? Of ninety nine percent survival rate, right? They're like people in our age range or whatever. We we are more likely to get it, but the survival is ninety nine percent. We're talking about people who have an even statistically smaller chance, very minute chance of even contracting it right so there's no one right. to give it to right even if you exactly. contract it um, but they're saying still give them this ex- i mean reality is experimental vaccine right it's a new just because something is new doesn't make it bad yeah right doesn't also make it new i mean i'm sorry doesn't also make it good 
So again, it's okay to be like, it's odd to be criticized for being skeptical of something that is new when it's like, no, that's the right thing. It makes sense. Let's look into it. Let's get this time. But they're saying, no, inject your kids with this. And it's like, they don't even have a high chance of even getting COVID. And the, the thing that's so, um, and we may have talked about this a little bit in the past, but every time someone cites like, well, it's not new, it's not experimental because there have studies been done. It's like, first of all, who's doing the studies? It's like, well, Pfizer's done studies. It's like, so the company that's trying to get this vaccine out to get taxpayer dollars for it, they did it in, it, they did tests that say that it's fine, right? Right. The, the company that, you know, it's like that thing you sent me the other day where the cops investigate themselves and they go, yeah, no, I didn't, didn't find anything wrong with what I did. Moving on. Yeah, right, it's, it's like the exact me, same me investigating myself in an argument with my wife and me coming back like, yeah, no, I found that you were actually wrong and that I was right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, like, it's the same idea or it's like they're conflict not, they of interest. It's a conflict of interest. There's a conflict exactly. of interest for a reason. And, um, you know, he got in hot water because he basically was like, if you're 21 and healthy, right? Like he made it very specific. Like you don't, you don't have to worry about this thing. It's like there's right. maybe there really isn't a reason for you to get the vaccine. And then Fauci came out and was like, no, you should still get it because you can spread it to other people. Uh, and then I asked in the discord because someone had, had posted that. And I was like, didn't he say that you can still spread it if you have the vaccine? And if you do get the vaccine, right, they're like, you still need to wear a mask and social distance. It's like, but if you can't spread it, why are you still social distancing and wearing a mask? It's like there is something off about what they're saying, right? And we've been saying right. that the whole time. It's like, we just want honest answers. I just want the March 2020. No, no, no. Let's say less. I want the, the June 2020 Fauci to debate with the May 2020 Fauci. Uh, 2021 Yeah, the current Fauci. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, and, and, cause, uh, but it goes back to, to, to it. It's okay. If, they use the same tired arguments over again. Well, we're yeah. learning new information and stuff. Then. If you get the vaccine and you can know, and, and it's, it stops you from either getting super severe symptoms, right? Or mm -hmm. has a 90, it's, they say, I think the number somewhere around 95% chance of not catching it. So there's right. still like a five ish percent chance. It kind of, there's numbers depending on which one you get, whatever the case yeah. may be, but let's, you know, just kind of across the board, let's just say you get it. 95% chance that you won't catch it. So everyone who has been worried about it or the most vulnerable now, according to the experts, has all this extra, extra protection, right? Um, and then you have someone like, I don't think Dave Smith got it, but let's just, I, I mean, we could use Eric July as an example because he's, mm -hmm. he's like, no, he's like, I'm not getting this thing. You're not getting, it's like, you're going to have to strap me to a table and inject it into me. Uh, it's the only way that I would even, uh, you know, Consider it, it. Yeah, it's the only. Get it. It, yeah, That's it's by like, force. Not consider it, basically. but get it by exactly. force. <laughs> and um, so he decides not to get it, right? So he's taking on that risk, and everyone who isn't getting it is now taking on the risk of saying, "Well, we just won't. I, we're just not going to get it." Or I'm still skeptical of all of this. I want to wait to see what happens because there have been um, stories that have come out where they had these groups of people that were supposed to be the test groups. You had the group who got the vaccine and then the group who didn't. But then they gave the group who didn't have the vaccine the vaccine and completely ruined the study. And so now we have no idea long-term effects of this thing because I, I, I guarantee you, Joseph, that if you asked, if so, you got in an argument with someone and you said, what are the long-term effects? Well, I don't know. It's like, can you find a study? 
Probably not. Because there hasn't been enough time for it. No, because they got rid of the study. <laughs> that too. But there yeah. also hasn't been enough time for so it. So anyone saying and that so it's like, oh, it's RNA, RNA what is it? Um, RMNA? Uh, MRNA. MRNA. God. Yep. They're like, oh, it's old. They've been working on it forever. It's like, okay, well, where are the studies talking about the long-term effects? If, if it's been 25 years, if it's been whatever amount of time, these numbers that they're throwing out, it was like, all I'm asking for is unbiased studies, yep. test groups, right? Your placebo group and your COVID group and your, and your actual vaccine group. Right. <clears throat> and that should be a reasonable take, right? Yep. That's what? exactly where you and I stand. You yeah. and I have never said that... Uh, at least I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast the personally we've been like two years goes by three years go by and everything seems fine with it I'm more than fine with getting the vaccine I have um, never told anyone not to get it no that's not my Absolutely. choice nor bash someone who got it uh, also like that's your choice that's yeah. fine I know people personally who've gotten it because they want to be able to see someone in their family or whatnot I totally get it I get it or you know yeah. other people who have got it not for that reason to see family but to protect themselves Hey, I get it. That's fine. Just my whole problem comes in is when you try to shame me or guilt trip me or whatnot or, for choosing not to because I have valid, reasonable skepticism. And then you, That's have, it. you have people who are like, I believe in forced vaccination of all people. And I go, well, congratulations. You're an authoritarian and you believe in totalitarianism. Exactly. That's, I mean, you, you know, it's like people want to throw around fascism all the time. But like when you talk about forcing people to do things against their will. Like we're starting to get into territory where it's like you're the reason I own a gun. Yeah, it goes back to that utilitarianism approach and philosophy of uh, harming a few people for the greater good, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it, um, and but you're still harming people. It's like uh, when someone says, "Well, in presidential election, it's about the lesser of two evils." And my whole thing is, well, you're still choosing someone who's evil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so why wouldn't you? Yeah, like why wouldn't you look at them? It's like way? if an election yeah. came down to Hitler and Stalin. Yeah. Well, who's? Well, Hitler only yeah. killed this many people versus Stalin <laughs> killing this many people. But exactly. but though the Stalin, the deaths that Stalin did, there's some wiggle room there. And then yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God, guys. Well, it's. It's one of those things that's like I Dave Smith is throwing around the guy who's on the podcast for you, you don't know his name's mm -hmm. Dave Smith. He's a libertarian. Um The Meekus Caucus, right? Yeah, the Mesis. M I Mesis, I'm sorry. Yes, I believe. That's it. Mesis, um, yeah. And, <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> um he's I know that. He's considering a run for the libertarian libertarian. Oh god. Libertarian. Got me, got me doing it. <laughs> Pretty astute before now, before him. Sorry, guys. Before the Mises caucus. Yeah. Uh he's considering a run in 2024. He'll be in his 40s, um which isn't, you know, obviously I think you have to be 35. But Rogan makes a comment in the episode where he's like, "Well, they really won't trust you till you turn 40." <laughs> it's like you're not really an adult <laughs> till you're 40 now. Um but he's considering a run and he's like, "Look, he's like I don't even really plan. I don't think I'll win. He's like, but someone needs to get out there who's just telling people what liberty is. You know, he's got, yep. and I think he's got the right idea from a third party where he, he's just trying to put ideas out there um, to maybe get people to understand that there is another way that you right. don't, you don't have to be forced to do things. You know, it's like, I, I, I've talked to people all the time because you hear them go like, well, you're now allowed here to not wear a mask but you still have to wear a mask here. And I go, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. 
You are believing that that's the case, but you can do what you want. You have is that actually freedom if they can take it from you? Exactly. Uh, is it but, freedom? There's uh, there's a phrase that Eric July said in one of his his uh, his songs where he says, um, "It uh, freedom is a I think it says freedom is a contradict contradiction if it has to be legalized." Yep, it is. I think and that was one of the arguments from the anti federalists about the Bill of Rights and the amendments is that if you have to include it in there, then you're making an argument and but there is no argument it's mm-hmm. naturally given and and everything so exactly and it's, if you have it, to legalize it and make it in the constitution then it's not it's freedom funny. it's not in, inalienable yeah and it's funny because they were kind of right because if you look at what's become of a lot of that stuff it's constantly being pushed back against because it's not cult like culturally people don't believe in a lot of that stuff anymore oh. if you think about it because yeah. you know whether we're talking about racism or gun rights or whatever the case may be and and i actually this is something that uh it's another eric july thing but he had had this quote about um uh uh something about racism uh without the state is just an idea Mm -hmm. and what he means by that is that and and he's got a really interesting perspective on this where he's like i don't care what someone thinks about me if they can't use force on me because of their ideas. Right. So if someone thinks that he is a lesser person because of the color of his skin, but they have no ability to use force on him to enact those, those beliefs, he doesn't care. It's like, you don't have any power. Yep. It's that, that idea is like, you don't, it's like, you have no power here. Right. It's like, exactly. if I had, if, if, and you think about it, right. Because if, if black Americans back in the height of the KKK movement had had firearms, uh, do you think that those guys would have gone out and put crosses on their front lawns, like burned crosses on the front lawns? No. Like, think about it today. It's like, I own a firearm. If someone <laughs> was outside my house and they they started lighting up a cross on my front lawn, the the rifle's coming out. Something's coming out, man. It, yeah, going to fire some warning shots, like, get oh, off my property. Yeah, no warning shots. <laughs> 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 There'll be a, hey, um, leave now. No. Okay. <laughs> Warning yeah, shots. Right. When someone's coming to the tent to, you know, be aggressive towards you and harm you and your family. That's aggression. And right. That's yes. aggression. Yep. Burning a yep. cross on someone's front lawn is, is, is aggression. Is aggression. Um, anyway, did you have anything else to add for the, this Joe Rogan thing? No. Nah. Um, people should go nah, listen to that. It. People should go listen to that episode. It's it's really good. Dave Smith is it is is a very very smart person. It's it's kind of insane to me that some of the most influential people in the world right now are comedians, right? <laughs> Joe, these guys that tell jokes for a living or did at one point. It's like, you know, he's he could potentially be a serious third party candidate for president of the United States. In oh yeah, years. Um, you know. So we'll, see. we'll keep people updated on that because that'll that's gonna be really interesting. The, dude, the next three years is gonna be wild. Oh yeah, it's coming. Ugh. It's coming. Well, you didn't shill at the beginning of the episode. Do you want to do it now, or you just want to skip it for this week? No, no. Uh, first off, I want to say if you want to join our Discord community, we have a community we're doing on Discord to where just helping each other out. If you're a content creator of any kind, if you're just a person looking to engage with other people, be a part of the community to discuss ideas and just have a conversation with normal people, not debate, 
and stuff like that, you know, feel free to reach out to me and David. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. We also have a channel on YouTube and Odyssey. You subscribe, like, comment, share. And if you happen to like our podcast uh, or on YouTube, not only do we have it in video format, but we also have clips on YouTube and on Odyssey. So we break out the segments of our podcast to make it, you know, at 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Why not make it more digestible? So if you like any clip of us or if you like our podcast, share it with people. That's the best way you can help us. Um, but yeah, other than that, you have anything to add? Uh, I'm a little behind on the clips from last week. <laughs> I still have like two or, two or three I want to get out. And that one that we did on um, CRT in the church is going to be long. It's going to be probably over an hour, which is fine. No, no, fine. Um, but people need to prepare. It's still more digestible. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because you get the segment um, and you don't have to wait till the end of the episode to get to it. But um, yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast and you generally get to this point, remember to download it. Um, the only reason I say that is because that's how I get metrics for how the podcast is doing so the less yep. downloads that we have i can't tell who is listening in in that regard unless the podcast gets downloaded um, yeah so if you it gives us a semi-accurate way to know how much we're engaging with people yeah right? and that's that's more uh than anything what i really want to know because i don't and this is the thing that i i don't download podcasts generally anymore because they take up so much room on my phone <laughs> um but even if you just download it and then delete the download and then listen to the podcast <clears throat> anything that you can do in that regard it just helps me kind of get an understanding of where we're standing with certain things because it's it's right. not like youtube where i can see views and retention rate and other things like that mm -hmm. so um no but other than that um thank you guys uh it, you know if you ever want to contact us or you know you need to correct us about anything or <clears throat> feel that we're being unfair about something whatever the case may be um you know you can send an email i generally try to put all that stuff in the show notes if i remember mm -hmm. uh but if not there are plenty of ways to uh get in contact with us just you know leave us a message yeah. on youtube do whatever so uh thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time Peace.